Hello and welcome to episode 84 of Musically Challenged, your heaping helping of music, trivia, and pretty much whatever else we want to talk about this week. I'm your host Chad Knight, and with me as always is Lou Schwalbach. Good evening. This episode we're going to continue an earlier series where we talked about songs with one word in common in their title. This week's word is you. And yes, I pointed at Lou because I felt the need to. Because they can see it. Right. So between you and your and your, there's a metric shitload of songs that are out there. I mean, just a basic search on songfacts.com comes up with a staggering 3,926 songs as results, and they're not even all-encompassing. With so many options, you'd think it'd be easy, but actually it's kind of the opposite. There are just so many choices that pairing down to five songs each is going to be tough. But for you, dear listener, we'll definitely do our best. There won't be a genre restriction, but there will be one stipulation. The song must contain you by itself. We won't be doing songs with your or your or your, and we definitely won't be doing songs that just use the letter U, so you can't touch this or nothing compares to you will not be featured. So now it's time for you to sit back and relax while we get the show started. Welcome to Musically Challenged, your weekly helping of random music conversations based on whatever topic the guys choose. Their goal is to entertain and inform you on a variety of themes. This podcast is an expression of their lifelong love and commitment to music. Simply stated, music is life. This show may include adult themes and language. Once again, welcome to Musically Challenged. Here are your hosts, Chad and Lou. See, and these are the kind of sacrifices we're making. We're actually paring down to five songs when there's a bajillion of the goddamn things. Right, right. So this is what we do for you. We, we work we hard and every we sweat week. over this. Every week. And that's not just because we're fat and it's hot. Well, that doesn't hurt. Well, it doesn't help either. <laughs> so what you been up to, man? It's just been work, a while. Working and living. That's pretty much it. Um, it's We had a couple cold nights the other day, which was perfect sleeping weather. Yeah, it's starting to warm up again. Yeah, at least the muggy is staying away. So far. But yep. it's supposed to storm again tomorrow morning, so we'll uh, feel the humidity. Here's the hoping. <laughs> At least we're not getting what they're getting, like, over in Green Bay area and Madison area. Oh, no, no. I mean, we're not underwater, which is... I think, got... I think I read somewhere people had, like, chest-high water some places. Yeah, when I was out in California, we were... I was just flipping through Yahoo or one of the, one of the uh, search engine, you know, main pages. And it's like, Madison, Wisconsin, underwater. And I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, that never happens. Right. So I, I'm like looking at it. And I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, oh, I wonder how much Wasa got. So I type it in and that night. We got dick. Yeah, it was two one-hundredths of an inch. Yeah. But we, two mi- two hours south, they were underwater. Well, two hours east, east they're underwater too, yeah. Through. I mean, Lambo, I think, got a bunch of water. Lambo was underwater. I think um, halfway up the tunnel, I thought somebody said. Yeah, the tunnel, uh, some of the, even some of the um, field was covered in water. And I think they're... And snow is usually the problem at Lambeau. Yeah, the other form of water. Right. So. All right, so why don't we go ahead and let's uh, get liquored up. Sounds like a plan. All right, so this week it was my week to bring something along, so I thought, what the hell? Let's do something we haven't done. We've done a lot of beer. We've done some hard liquor. Mm -hmm. We haven't done a wine cooler yet. I know, have, I know, it's a bitch drink, but... There may have been a reason for that. No, now, come on, it's it's not fair. Some of them taste really good. They do, but again, too, I mean, just because it tastes good doesn't mean you should keep doing it. 
Well, I disagree with that, but... Okay. <laughs> you know, wine coolers are those things you can drink all day long and not get smashed on. You? Yes, me. Okay, just making sure. Fuck off. <laughs> so, I brought Bartles and James Exotic Berry. Thank you for your support. Now, do you remember the old commercials? I do. I I couldn't remember what the the catchphrase was, because it was always something. Cause, right. You know, they said, and then I think we looked it up, and it was... Thank you for your support? Right. So, why don't we give them a little taste of that right here? Thank you for your support. Why don't we give a little taste of this? Yeah, let's do it. Here we go. That is sweet. It is sweet, but I like it. It it actually has a berry flavor to it. You know, sometimes sometimes wine coolers can get that really bad wine aftertaste on them. Yeah, kind of like some, certain hard ciders. Yeah. Like like Strongbow. Strongbow uh, has a bad aftertaste. Um, Angry Orchard to a degree does, but not as bad as Strongbow. I you know when it comes to hard ciders, I still like Woodchuck. I don't think I've had Woodchuck. Okay, Woodchuck's one that came out early, mm -hmm. and now you can still find it. You can find it at places like Triggs and right, County right. and stuff, but I always kind of go back to those. I, I kind of like that flavor. But for these, you know, Bartles and James is probably one of the better wine coolers out there. Well, it's one of, the, what, three maybe? Because there's Bartles like and James and Seagram's. Right, and there's there, got to be something there else. There might have been a third one, but they kind of cornered the market. Yeah, they certainly did. Bartles and James uh, had just the old guys. And then, remember who did Seagram's? No. Bruce Willis. Oh, that's right. And it was always the golden ones. There was like really not many flavors to it, but it was basically just like apple. Right. Whereas Bartles and James, like this one here, this is exotic berry. Right. Fuzzy Navel is my favorite Bartles and James. It, I, it's been so long since... Which is kind of a peachy, uh, schnapsy... Uh, fuzz, what is it? Peach and orange? Yeah, I think so. Something, something like, like that. that. I, don't, I don't drink Fuzzy Navel, so... I do. I don't care. I have other drinks. Give me a Long Island any day. Oh, Long Islands are good, but you're going to get fucked up drinking Long Islands. Some. Yeah, but, <laughs> you know, that's the risk you take for the taste you take. I suppose. Well, for you, Song, should we uh, jump over and check out what I got for you? Why don't we rate this first? Oh, well, let's rate it. Okay. It's, I thought you just... It's, it's, I'm already it's, drunk. 3.2%. I'm just toasted <laughs> off of one drink. All right. I have a feeling we know where we're both going on this one. Yeah, I'm going up. I will as well. It's it's, it's good. It's this, as bad as this sounds, and I don't condone this, but this is something you give to your kids because then your kids are like, I'm drinking. Yeah, you are. Okay. Sure, Kool-Aid with a kick. You're drinking. It's, it's pretty much exactly it. You know, this you give like the first time mom and dad let the kid have it. I mean, a, a drink of wine at dinner or like right. Thanksgiving or something like that. Right. I can see doing like a four pack because I think they what come in four packs now. Yes. You get in a four-pack and be like, here you go, you can have your drinks. And they think they're drinking, and we're just like, ha-ha. Yeah, like, you think you're drinking, but you're not. Not even close. And then when they think they're all drunk and everything else, be like, listen here. And then you're like, try a sip of this and hand them like a shot of Jack or something. <laughs> Let's see shot how much drinking you are. My wife's first shot was Jack Daniels, and it was funny. We were at our apartment in Eau Claire. It was, I think it was right after we were got married, and I'm like... We had just went to Sam's Club and bought a two-pack of Jack Daniels. What the hell do you need that much Jack for? I used to drink a lot more than I do now. It doesn't... I thought I heard rumors that Jack makes it violent. It uh, does in certain situations. Okay, so let's buy a two-pack of it. Great! Well, I didn't know it at that time yet. Ah, okay, continue. So anyway, her first shot of Jack Daniels was she shot it back, it hit her mouth, and according to her, she couldn't swallow and it just all rushed back out. So it was kind of a... 
wasted shot. I remember, and I think my dad could probably corroborate this. Um, we up in like a really high cabinet when we still lived on Third Street. Okay. They had some of those little shorty bottles, kind of the uh, mini bar bottles. Right. And I always clam up on the counters like an idiot, like I wasn't supposed to. And and I found the bottle, and I thought I was being all hot shit and everything. And I took a tug off of one of those little bottles, like Ooh. the full neck of it. How old right? were you? I don't remember how old I was, but I just remember, and this this is partially me remembering and partially what I was told. My face went as red as this cooler, and I was just like, <laughs> and all I could say was smooth. You actually said it. Yeah. <laughs> And of course, they thought it was hilarious because nothing was really going to happen out of it. And I, right. I can't drink Jack and mixed drinks, but I can drink it in shots. Okay. It's really weird that way, you know. I mean, there's certain things that I can drink shooters of left, right, and sideways. Rumplemans, great. Uh, what's the cinnamon one? Fireball. No, that too. Uh, no. Um, God damn it, Goldschlager. Oh yeah. I mean, those are shooters. Obviously, oh, yeah, you don't absolutely. mix that kind of stuff. But then, like uh, Crown, you can probably do shots of that, but it's great mixed. Jack, you have to do shots, can't do it mixed. Yeah, I, uh, when it comes to Jack, I don't, well, I don't drink it anymore, because I like to get in fights, or at least think I want to get in fights. Okay. But Crown, you could shoot Crown, but it's such a smooth whiskey that it mixes so well. Well, just like uh, Soko. Soko's another one that's such a good sweet one that you can do shots of that and not think twice. Pass a bottle around, it'll be gone. Now, I've never drank Southern Comfort, so... Uh, maybe we'll have to try that. Get a, <laughs> Hey, maybe that'll be one of our next episodes. There you go. Get a, shoot, a bottle of that and either do a mix, because I've heard Soko and Dr. Pepper's supposed to be great. I've heard Soko and Mountain, Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew is the other one I've heard is very good. So, maybe we'll have to do a three-way. We'll do a three-ways of Crown Royal. Do a shot. Or, um, Soko. Soko, do a shot. Do um, a mix with Dr. Pepper and a mix with Mountain Dew. Exactly. All right. I'm up for that. All right. So we'll plan that one for later. All right. So I guess now it's your trivia turn. Yeah, it's time for trivia. So what track for the Scorpion King did Ozzy record with Rob Zombie? Ah. So you chew on that one for a while. Because a couple weeks ago, we did a a song where Ozzy and Rob worked together. Right. And we said, hey, did they do anything else? And then I found this question and I'm like... I don't know if you'll know it or not, but um, just to recap, you are three and one right now. Okay. Now, I do have a question about this one. Was Rob Zombie the primary? So is Rob Zombie featuring Ozzy or was it Ozzy featuring Rob Zombie? You know, I don't know. Because that might make a difference. Because I, I have a collection of both Zombie and a collection of both Ozzy, and it kind of makes a bit of a difference on which direction I go. Well, I'm guessing the way that the question was worded, and I worded it exactly as I found it on the website, is what track... For the Scorpion King, did Ozzy record with Rob Zombie? So I would say Ozzy would be your main okay. person, and Rob Zombie would uh, be your... That would have been the 2000s, because that was the third Mummy movie. Right. Horrible CGI, from what I understand. For the Scorpion King part of it, for the, the rock part of it, it was it was bad. But the rest of it, I mean, it was like the uh, Mummy movie. It was pretty good. Okay. I will have to think about that. Right. So shall we go ahead and uh, have you kick this thing off? Uh, yeah, we can do that. All right, All right, so I'm going to go ahead and start off with my first one, and I'm going to say this before anything else. I'm not going to lie. This was a very easy episode because pretty much all these songs were good. I would agree with mine on that. That's why I said pretty much because I know you're probably not going to like one of mine. I probably may not like one of yours, but that's just how it is. I yeah, mean, if we I liked mean, everything that we did, it wouldn't it would, be our show. Right, it would be a little boring. So Right. Not saying that we are standoffish on purpose. It just seems to happen that way. Right, right, right. So... We're going to go ahead and start off with You Belong to the City by Glenn Fry. This song was co-written by Glenn Fry and Jack Tempchin, who was known for writing a lot of songs from the Eagles and, well, when the Eagles were still together and broke up, up 
broke up and then got together and broke up. Or Are whatever. they still touring now on I this latest tour? I don't even know. I mean, a couple of them kicked it. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, Henley's gone. I thought Glenn Fry died. No, he's still around. Yeah, I don't think Glenn Fry died. But anyway, go on. But on the plus side, I don't know if this is a piece of relatively recent news, and that was that Eagles' greatest hits, what is it, 72 to 79? Yeah, that sounds about just right. Just recently took over the number one spot of most selling album ever over Michael Jackson. So I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah, and, okay. And the number three is also the Eagles. It was Hotel California. Really? Yeah. So they got the top of the three, they got top two out of three. So, anyways, uh, it was written specifically for the Miami Vice soundtrack that was released at the height of Don Johnson's Neon Days in 1985. The song is a simple concept. It's dealing with people who live in the big city, and despite the bustle, it can be a very lonely place. Let's go ahead and take a quick listen to You Belong to the City. Alright, so I'm going to interrupt here. I just looked it up here on good old Google. Glenn Fry died in 2016. Okay, and I think, is, was it then, is it Henley who was still alive, or did he kick it too? Um, let me look here. How many of the Eagles are still alive? Hey Google, who's still alive? It looks like Henley's still alive. Okay. I'm just verifying here. Yep, still alive. I think Henley's the one that has usually most of the poison between everybody too. Yeah, he was kind of the guy that nobody got along with. No, I mean, because Joe Walsh, I mean, he's just a hippie. He gets along with everybody. Right. Um, Don Felder, I think, had big problems with Henley, but, you know, he's had a decent solo career. But in any respect. So getting back to the song, it just begins with a lonely, dirty sax to get the action started. And really, let's face it, who doesn't like some dirty sax every now and then? Ha <laughs> ha! I know you think you're being clever, but you're really not. I know. So his... Uh, Glenn Fry's voice just oozes 80s in this song, and you can almost picture someone walking down like a badly lit street and like a hot and muggy night. I like this song. It's a great solo song. He's done a, re- a couple of really good solo ones. That's all I gotta say. All right, so like you said, the opening sax, and you know exactly what song you're listening to. It's not even a question. It's like that sax hits, and you're like, aha. Mm-hmm. So Glenn Fry of the Eagles, like you said, it's, it's just a fun 80s song about you know when he was doing his solo thing. A song about how you don't live in a big city, the city owns you, and you exist because the city lets you exist. You know, it's kind of like being that small creature in the big world. Like the little fish in a big pond type thing. Right, exactly. You know, but I don't think this would work anywhere but like a hot city, like Miami or San Antonio or something like that. So, like, if this was like Milwaukee, this song would not work. Well, I don't consider Milwaukee a big city, though. Compared to Wausau, it is. Well. Oh, fine, fine. Let's say Chicago. This wouldn't work in Chicago. Probably not. You're probably right. I think it has to be a warm, like, hot city for this. Los tour. Angeles. It's Southern California. Yep. You know, something like that. But anyways, go on. So anyway, I get the idea. That thought of the world, you know, owns me and I have no control over the world. I don't have a whole lot to say about this. I really like the song. It's a great song. You know what? I Let's I move on. Yeah, I can't say much bad about it, so. Okay. All right, I'm going to kick off my first one with Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd. It's the title track of 1975's album, Wish You Were Here. David Gilmour and Roger Waters collaborated to write the music, and Gilmour sang the lead vocal. In 2011, the song was ranked number 324 on the Rolling Stones' 500 Greatest Hits of All Time. In the original album version, the song segues from Have a Cigar, as if a radio had been turned away from one station through several others 
including a radio play and one playing the opening of the finale movement of Tchaikovsky's Fourth Symphony. Symphony. Now, I did look that up. I did not know that. Okay. And finally, to get a new station where Wish You Were Here is beginning. The radio was recorded from Gilmore's car radio. He performed the intro on a 12-string guitar, processed to sound like it was playing through an AM radio, and then overdubbed a fuller-sounding acoustic guitar solo. The, this passage was mixed to, so, to sound as though a guitarist were listening to the radio and playing along. Are you sure you haven't been drinking before I got here? I'm kind of talking like I am. <laughs> as the acoustic part becomes more complex, the radio broadcast fades away and Gilmore's voice enters, becoming joined by the full band. I bet they all wish they were here. How I wish, how I wish you were here. Now, this song asks a lot of poignant questions for the era. Mostly, they all boil down to, have you exchanged everything to be comfortable? However, cold and unreal in a cage over being more involved in the world around you. You know just to be a sheep and not the lion. I think the song has a lot of meaning and timeless advice. Don't just follow the herd. Lead the herd. In other words, don't do what you're told by the government, the world, or the man. Do what's right for you the world, and the human race. What are your thoughts? That is rather deep, and you know how I definitely don't get that deep on my song thoughts. So the composition of this chill song from progressive rock masters, Al, Pink Floyd, (laughs) has different elements depending on who you listen to, either Gilmore or Waters, but one thing they somewhat agree on is that it's a tribute to Sid Barrett, and it dealt with at least a little bit of his losing touch with his mind in reality because he kind of went, what, schizo? Yeah, he kind of lost his mind, and he kind of went, what's the word I'm looking for? He kind of, yeah, lost his mind, got into drugs, and that didn't help any. Mm -hmm. For a slower song, it's a very good one, um, off an album of the same name. I don't listen to this one very often, partially because I don't have this album, and partially because I like more of the rocking stuff, like more of your dark side stuff, more of your wall stuff. But it's a good chill song. So, I mean, if you're just kind of hanging back, having a wine cooler, (laughs) it would be a good soundtrack. (laughs) All right, man, let's move on to your next one. All right, my next one, we're going to go with uh, Who Are You by The Who. I'm Chad. Okay. You know, this song composed by Pete Townsend. Is it Townsend or Townshend? I, you know, I've heard it done both ways, but... We'll say composed by Pete T is the title track off of The Who's 1978 album of the same name, the last album before Keith Moon died. Townshend wrote this mostly autobiographical song about the night that he partied with Steve Jones and Paul Kipp Paul Cook of the Sex Pistols and was the one who was found in a Soho doorway by the cops. Okay. Daltrey made it sound aggressive and hard and updated a few of the lyrics that Townshend wrote and you got the final product of Who Are You? I already know who you are. I know who I am. At least last I checked. Hold on. I checked my ID. Let's take a listen. Are you still you? I remember
tune is a classic Who song that asks the ever-important question, Who are you? I find this to be one of my favorites, and it must have been in the music department for someone with CSI also, because this was the theme song for the original CSI crime scene investigation yeah. uh, on CBS. Now, I think all the, all the CSI shows, I think, have a different Who song, if I'm not mistaken. Um... Like, I couldn't tell you. I don't really watch them, so... I think I think they're... Yeah, I don't know which ones, but I'm pretty sure all three of the CSIs had a Who song on there. Okay. Um, you know, and before people started getting all butthurt about language, they would let the unedited version of this song play on the radio, which has Daltrey singing, Who the fuck are you? But unless you really listen to it, you kind of miss it. I, right, I right. Mean, when I was younger, I don't think I even picked up on that one. Just like on Steve Miller, all the funky shit going down in the city. Yeah. Never even that saw it twice. radio play, though. Well, or it's Funky Kicks. Or if uh, ZZ Top's Legs, you know, I want her, shit, I gotta have her. Right. That plays through every single time. Nobody right. thinks twice about it. Right. Now especially, but I suppose dropping the F-bomb is a little bit more so on the radio. Yeah, yeah. That's one of those seven words you can't say on TV or radio. Well, in theory, so. <laughs> so, who are you? We the motherfucking who, that's who. This is a song about being downtrodden and how everyone wants to know who you are, why you're here, and what you're gonna do to get the hell out. I get it. The 70s was a time where you were part of a group or part of the counterculture, I would say. The Who were definitely counterculture and proud of that fact. Never a huge fan of the Who overall, but I do like this CSI intro song. I mean, not a whole lot to say about it. Like I said, not a big greatest hits Who maybe fan, but I just not something I listen to a lot of. I would say I'm, I'm a greatest hits plus. Because, I mean, there's a few of the deep cuts that I like in addition to Greatest Hits, but I'm not a full catalog. Okay, fair enough. So, what do you got for number four? I have All You Need Is Love by The Beatles. It was released as a non-album single in July 1967. It was written by John Lennon and credited to Lennon-McCartney, as all Beatles songs were. Uh, the Beatles performed the song over a pre-recorded backing track as Britain's contribution to Our World, the first live global television link. Watched by over 400 million and 25 countries. The program was broadcast via satellite in June 1967. The song captured the utopian sentiments of the Summer of Love era and topped singles charts in Britain, the United States, and many other countries. All You Need Is Love was later included on the U.S. Magical Mystery Tour album. It also appears in a sequence in the Beatles' 1968 animated film Yellow Submarine and on the accompanying soundtrack album. For our world, the Beatles were asked to provide a song with a message that could be easily understood by everyone. The band undertook the assignment at a time when they were committed to two film projects, a planned television special, Magical Mystery Tour, and the animated feature Yellow Submarine, for which they were contractually obliged to United Artists to supply four new recordings. All You Need Is Love was selected for our world for its contemporary social significance over the Paul McCartney-written Your Mother Should Know. In a statement to Melody Maker magazine, Brian Epstein, the band's manager, said, It was an inspired song, and they really wanted to give the world a message. The nice thing about it is that it cannot be misinterpreted. It is a clear message saying that love is everything. Lennon later attributed the song's simple lyric statement to his liking of slogans and television advertising. He likened the song to a propaganda piece, adding, I'm a revolutionary artist. My art is dedicated to change. So, let's share a little love.
So, Love Is All You Need. The song has always been one of the early Beatles songs that I really like. It's a great song with a simple message and a message we all need. The fact that this was part of the first global television show makes it even more powerful in my estimation. It's a wonderful song and I can listen to it anytime, any day. What are your thoughts on this one? You know, and actually I love the fact that the beginning of this song starts with the first few notes of the French National Anthem. Yep. I thought that was cool as hell and then it goes into the boys singing. It's a great song. It's got a great message and I've got literally I have nothing else to say about it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those songs, not a whole lot to say about it, Right. that I didn't cover in that opening. Right. All right, so what do you got up next? We're going to go with, let's see, we're going to go with A Girl Like You by The Smithereens. Okay. Now, the song was the lead-off single of the band's 1989 album, Eleven, and it was written by band member Pat Denizio, and it was supposed to be the theme song for the 1989 romantic comedy, Cameron Crowe's Say Anything, the John, mm-hmm. uh, what the hell is his name? John... Um, no, not John. Um, who's the dude that holds... Uh, Cusack. John Cusack. Okay, I just couldn't think of the last name. There's a lot of stories why it wasn't used. One says the song revealed too much of the story, and that's why it was scrapped. And others say that Denizio withheld the song because he and the producer couldn't quite come to terms on the changes that needed to be made. Let's just go ahead and take a listen, and we'll finish up. I'll see. I've seen Say Anything because it's a classic 80s movie, despite being a romantic comedy. I mean, most people have. I mean, you hold a boombox up. it's Everybody knows that part yeah, of the movie. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen it. God, not in years, though. I honestly don't think that movie would be what it is had the song been included. Because it, I think it would have just changed the tempo and the, the tone of it. That being said, I love the guitar work on this rock song. It's a love song. It's a great vocal duet between the guy and the girl. I think the song works. I enjoy this one, and that's all i got to say. All right, so the Smithereens. What little I had heard of the Smithereens up until this song hadn't impressed me. This song, however, has it all. Great guitar, decent vocals, and lyrics, and it's a lot of fun. Basically, it's a song about a girl he would do anything for. You know, if she was to act up in public, he'd overlook it. It's a girl who has taken a step back for him, and since she is out of his league, he's impressed that she will She's with them and will fight for it. At least that's what I get out of it. I mean, good song. I, I can't believe I'm saying that about a Smithereen song. but Because the last Smithereen song we had was a piece of shit. Well, yeah, and I think you picked that one, too. I did not, actually. That was a, a user list. I oh, think. that was a user list? Okay. Because this is the only one of theirs that I knew. Oh, okay. So. Fair enough. All right, let's move on. I've got uh, With or Without You by U2. It is the third track on their fifth studio album, The Joshua Tree. By the way, great album. the best album they've ever released, in my estimation. <laughs> Except for the greatest hits one, I suppose, right? Uh, I don't know. Could be. See, I kind of like you 2 but Joshua Tree was you know, kind of where it was at for me. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it was released as the album's lead single in March 1987. The song was the group's most successful single at the time, becoming their first number one hit in both the United States and Canada, uh, by topping the Billboard Hot 100 for three weeks and the RPM National Singles chart for one week, with a further three weeks at number two. With or Without You features sustained guitar parts played by the guitarist The Edge. Don't forget The. Mm-hmm. Although it's a good pissed. Right. With a prototype of the infinite guitar. 
along with vocals by lead singer Bono and bassline by bassist Adam Clayton. The song originated from a demo recorded in late 1985 that the group continued to work on throughout the Joshua Tree sessions. Ostensibly, it, a troubled love song, the track's lyrics were inspired by Bono's conflicting feelings about the lives he led as a musician and domestic man. Critics praised the song upon its release. It is frequently performed on the band's tours, and it has appeared on many of their compilation albums and concert films. With or Without You is U2's second most frequently covered song. In 2010, Rolling Stone magazine placed the song at number 132 on the list of the 500 greatest songs of all time. So are you with me? Or without me. And you give, and you give, and you give yourself away with or without you. With or without you, I can live with or without you. Okay, so how do I put this in a way that makes sense? I love you 2 Not really a fan of Bono and the Boys. Does that make sense? The song is off the Joshua Tree album, maybe one of the best albums of all time. The way this song builds from a soft love song into almost a power ballad, almost. Bono really has a great voice and the guys can play. If they couldn't, they still wouldn't be here, annoying me with the world politics and Bono's high and mighty attitude. The song is a simple love song balancing life as a rock star and as a family man. Say, no matter what he does, it's almost impossible to live with a career or without the home life. I get it, and I'm not a rock star. I just wish I was. I mean, don't we all? I No, I just wish I had the rock star's money. Well, you got to do some work to get it. I disagree. <laughs> or you have to marry somebody who has a lot of money and then divorce like, them. If, if I'm going to have a fantasy, it's not going to be working for the money. It's going to be just having the money. Oh, I hear you. So what are your thoughts on the song? You know, I have to say on this lineup, I think this is probably the weakest one. Okay. Um, for me, mainly because I find Bono whiny as hell. I think I mentioned something about that. The Edge, as always, has great guitar skills. The rest of the band gets it done. It's just I find that he goes too far on the scale during the chorus. I get it's supposed to be like a the point of the song is to be kind of a point counterpoint, and it could be interpreted many different ways. But this one's it's not a bad song. It's just not the strongest one. It's it's all right. It's a greatest hit song. Okay. It's fair a classic enough. of theirs. I like other ones better, like where the streets have no name. Oh yeah, absolutely. Or um oh gosh, what the hell was the other one? Um name off a couple. Now you put me on the spot. You know I can't do that. Oh yeah. Um oh god, what's the other big one? There's the big 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 one. I still haven't found one I'm looking for. Oh yes. That was our high school song, like our senior song. Okay. And I like that one better because it just, it just is. Okay, so. so what do you got up next? Next we have I Just Want You by Ozzy. Now this track is a single off of 1995's Osmosis. Clever. And was co-written <laughs> by Ozzy and Jim Valance. Valance? Valance? Whatever. Sure. Who's also worked with and written songs for Kiss, The Scorpions, and Aerosmith, just to name a few. The album was Ozzy's return after his finger quote retirement. That was 1991's No More Tears and featured Zach Wilde and Geezer Butler on it. So... Pretty heavy hitters. Yeah. You know what? I just want you to listen to the the song.
Now, this is a classic Ozzy tune that's actually quite positive. He's basically saying everything is possible. It doesn't matter what's going on, there's nothing that's impossible. You can read more into it, but why? It's a great rock song off of a solid and, in my opinion, criminally underrated Ozzy album. So, Osmosis, yeah, it's a pretty decent album. I, I can't disagree with you there. Now, I really enjoy Ozzy's vocals. Whether they are singing, screaming, or him just being Ozzy and stuttering through a pizza order, you know? This is a love song of sorts. Ozzy is talking about how, no matter what is right or wrong, he wants, I'm guessing, Sharon, as he has written other songs about her, such as Mama, I'm Coming Home. So, this is Ozzy at his most poetic and romantic. It's a good song. All right, so moving on. Moving on, we are going to do You Give Love a Bad Name by Bon Jovi. I'm not going to lie, I'm a little shocked you didn't save that for your last one. Well, you know, it's a good song, but I think my last one's better. All right. Wow, really? Yeah. You're saying that of a Bon Jovi song. There's a better one. <laughs> yes. Wow. I like Bon Jovi. I might even be what you'd call a... Mark? Yeah, at one time. Not so much anymore. Okay. Our, but... our taste changes. we get older. Absolutely. So, this was released as the first single from their 1986 album, Slippery When Wet, written by John Bon Jovi, Richie Sambora, and Desmond Child, about a woman who has jilted her lover... The song reached number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 in November 1986 and became the band's first number one hit. In 2007, the song re-entered the charts at number 29 after Blake Lewis performed it on American Idol. In 2009, it was named the 20th greatest hard rock song of all time by VH1. Despite the lyrics of the chorus, the song should not be confused with Shot Through the Heart, an unrelated song from Bon Jovi's 1984 self-titled album. So let's go ahead and take a listen. Wet was one of the albums released by Bon Jovi that made them superstars and made me a devotee. There, I said it. The song is mostly a song that tells of the heartbreak that comes with breaking up. It's so bad that when he got dumped, it was like getting shot through the heart. And her message was the bullet. This entire exchange kind of sours, sours him to love. I'm a huge Bon Jovi mark, and I don't care. Make fun of me. I don't care. I love Bon Jovi, and a few years ago, I took a Bon Jovi concert off my bucket list and would love to do it again before they retire. So, I guess I'm just a big mark. What are your thoughts? My first thought was I was not wrong. All right. <laughs> so, um, it's this is an arena rock dynamo from the king of hair rock in 1980s. I mean, he was pretty much it. Yeah, it was it was, it was was Bon Jovi. And Def Leppard. And Def Leppard, yeah. Maybe maybe Rat, maybe Firehouse, maybe Great White. I mean, we could oh, we could sit here for hours naming 80 hair. Faster yeah. Pussycat. Just because uh, it's a fun name. Poison. Um, Poison's another big one. Motley Crue. Crue. Crue was more of a heavy metal, though. It wasn't more of the... Yeah, but they were definitely glam. Oh, my God, yeah, absolutely. So. Enough's enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, this is one of his better hits, in my opinion, and anyone can listen to this song and probably sing along to it. I don't know anybody who doesn't know this chorus. No, I, I would agree. This is simply an excellent song. Excellent. Pure, pure and simple, exactly. So what's your last one for today? My last one is Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds. This song was a single written for and included on the soundtrack for 1985's John Hughes classic film, The Breakfast Club. It was included in the opening and closing of the movie, which is uncommon unless the song... 
unless the song movie is named after it, such as Ghostbusters. It was on both the top 40 and rock stations, meaning it got played to death at the time, and it got new life when it was covered by David Cook as the goodbye song on American Idol in season 10. As a side note, the cover with David Cook doing it is actually pretty good. The story goes that the laws, where he's doing the la-la-la-la, was actually just a lyrical placeholder, and if I'm being honest, I can't imagine the song without it. Right, Like, yeah, if you actually no, put yeah. words in there, I think it would screw it up. And before we listen to it, I'm just going to say, Breakfast Club, come on, man, what else is there to say? Yeah. And let's take a listen. Don't you forget about me. Don't, 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 don't you forget about me. But you won't come by. Will you come by Again, there's really not a whole lot to say. I mean, this is a great song that could not be more associated with the 80s if it tried. It does make one wonder, though. While Simple Minds had decent success on their own, I wonder how much more it was amplified because of the movie. I mean, if John Hughes would have used a different song, because Breakfast Club was pretty much the movie of the 80s, this made them gazillionaires overnight. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think their career would have nearly been as good if it weren't for this. You know, and anything attached to Breakfast Club, I mean... It's an amazing movie. It really is. If you, if it's, you see, it's a coming of age. It's a great. I mean, it's, right. it had the Brat Pack in it. Can you name the Brat Pack? Oh God, Molly Ringwald. Uh, we'll name the women first. Ali Sheedy. Sheedy, you're right. Sheedy. Um, then there was uh, Emilio Estevez. Mm-hmm. There was uh, was Judd part of it? That's his first name. Yeah, I know. Uh, Judd Nelson. Uh, no. no, he was on Taxi. Okay. It's not Judd Apatow. Hirsch. Hirsch. Judd Hirsch? Yeah, he was... Was st- he part of the Brad Pack, though? Yep. Okay, and I, and then there's that goofy-looking kid, and I can't think of his name. Weird Science. Yeah, I know. what I He was in Pretty in Pink. He was in... And he actually did the Dead Zone. He, he grew up and actually got kind of, like, buffed up. Oh, really? Anthony Michael Hall. Anthony Michael Hall. Thank you. But I'm impressed. And there's, there was, Charlie Sheen was part of it. Uh, for the Outsiders, I think Tom Cruise is part of it for that. Um, uh, St. Elmo's Fire, uh, Rob Lowe is part of that. Yep. Uh, Andrew McCarthy, I think. Was he? Okay, could they, be. I mean, it's un- un- unlike the Rat Pack, the Brat Pack was ever fluctuating. True. It was whoever was young and hot at the time. True. So, so anyways. So, do so you it's have... a great song. I really like the synth-pop sound, and the song vocals are relatively strong. Not a lot to say about this one other than it reminds me of high school and, you know, that era and, and you know, all the stuff that goes with it. It's just nostalgia at its peak. Absolutely. So. So what are you ending us with? I'm going to end us with I Hate Myself for Loving You by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. It's a 1988 song that ha- and the first single from the, from the album Up Your Alley. The song reached number eight on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, Jett's third single to reach the top ten, but her first since Crimson and Clover in 1982. The song spent six weeks longer on the charts than did the group's biggest hit, I Love Rock and Roll, which was on the chart for 20 weeks. So, you do the math, 26 weeks. Former Rolling Stones guitarist Mick Taylor played the guitar solo in the song. One of the backing vocalists featured on the Up Your Alley album was Louis Merlino, later the founder of the band Biggers and Thieves. Merlino did backing vocals on countless songs that were written or co-written by Desmond Child. When Las Vegas, Nevada based the band Sin City Sinners has Merlino singing with them. It is not uncommon for them to cover this song. For the song, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts received a nomination for, at the 31st Grammy Awards for Best Rock Performance by a Duo Group with Vocal, 
Let's see if you hate me. I think the title says it all. In a lot of ways, the music on this reminds me a lot of I Love Rock and Roll. Joan Jett's vocals are some of the best when it comes to lady rockers. It's basically a song about a girl locked up in a bad relationship. She wants out, but something her partner has, does, or knows how to do keeps her running back headlong into a bad relationship. 12-inch penis, huh? That could very well be. Hey, who knows? It's a great song with a mixed-up message, but welcome to 80s rock and roll. It's a fun, fun song. You know, and this former Runaways member changed her sound from, like, the rough, unpolished sound of the era into a more refined punk and rock sound that she had when she went solo. It's a good song. She's got a decent voice. However, it's not my favorite Runaway. That would be Lita Ford. Okay. I liked her better, mainly, well, I'm not going to lie, partially because of looks, but also because I liked her vocals better. And regarding the two 1980s hard-hitting ladies of rock and roll between Joan Jett and Pat Benatar, I'm sorry, i got to give it to Pat, because I think she's got a stronger voice and has got a better back catalog. But then again, that's also partially because the style of rock versus punk. Joan Jett right. was more punk, and right. I was more of the rock, so I think that's part of it. She's got a great voice. She's a good singer. Her songs are good. Crimson Clover is actually, I believe, a cover. Yeah, it is. And yeah. it's a great song. Um that's all I gotta say. Alright, so that's gonna wrap us up here. Let's jump back into trivia and see what you've come up with. Uh, why don't you read me that question again? Because I'm I still will. drawing a blank. What track for the Scorpion King did Ozzy record with Rob Zombie? Now, maybe you wrote this down, maybe you didn't. Was this on any of Ozzy's other albums, or was it solely for the soundtrack? That I don't know. Come on, man. <laughs> I, I need like a I need a Charles Barkley. Come on, man. <laughs> oh god. Um I really don't even have a guess. You got to guess. You always make me guess. Oh, fuck. Um, let's see. Bark of the Moon. No, it was a song called Ironhead. Isn't that the one we just we talked about last time? That was the collaboration we talked about. Was it? It was, yes. I picked that one for Iron. Oh. Which is kind of <laughs> funny. All right. So you did not get that one. So you are now at three and two. Which still is, you know... Still there. Yeah, it's like 60%. Yeah. Three or five, so... All right, with that... Okay, listen up, everybody. Turn up your volumes. Announcement. want to thank you guys for listening. If you want to drop us a line, you can do that in a couple different ways. You can send us an email at eclecticmediaproject at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Musically Challenged Podcast or at POI Network. Send us a, a, an email or a, a note on any of those ways, and we will definitely get back to you. And there is our final way. We got the Twitter, yo. Okay. I don't know why. Tweet, but, tweet. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, we've got Twitter. We're at MC at MC Podcast 17 uh, If you want to give us some love, give us some hate, give us a playlist, 10 songs, 10 artists. Uh, make sure that you have the music in case we need it. Uh, we'll be more than happy to make you famous. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't there a wrestler that did that? I'll make you famous. Oh, I'm sure there was. I can't think of who off the top of my head. But thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. You have been listening to a program from the Point of Insanity Network. 
visit us at poigamestudio.podbean.com for more shows. Follow us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at POI Game Studio. <laughs>